0: What up, artists? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm the creative director and founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. This is the Art Pays Me podcast, and I'm passionate about finding ways that people like you and me can make a living for ourselves off of our creativity. And, you know, maybe we can make the world a better place at the same time. Let's get into it. What's up, everyone? This week we have Tabitha from Tabitha Plus Co. But uh, before we get into the show, it feels remiss not to acknowledge what happened in Nova Scotia this past week. So for those of you who are listening from abroad uh, who might not have heard the story, we actually had the worst mass shooting in Canadian history. And it started in a small community called Portapique, which is about an hour and a half from Halifax, which is where I'm based. And um, at the time, the he was taken out, taken out uh, by the RCMP. He was actually on his way towards Halifax. So you know, needless to say, this was sort of terrifying. And we were locked down in our houses around this time last week. And uh, you know, for the whole week, basically the province has been on edge. There have been uh, a lot of false reports because people are just like thinking they heard certain things or you know just been extra on the look when you know anything looks suspicious so uh, me personally every time I go outside my house or every time I you know go around a dark corner in, inside my house I'm paranoid that there's someone waiting there you know so you know add this to the fact that there's a global pandemic going on and uh, it's been it's been challenging for for all of us and uh, I just want to take some time, too, to say, you know, my brother-in-law, Langie Beats, who did the theme song for the show, is from Pic, which, you know, is where this thing started and lost people in this tragedy. And also my most recent guest, Luke James, from the last episode, check, check make sure you check that out. Um, he actually lost friends and family. He grew up pretty close to that area as well. So uh, I just want to offer my condolences to them and to everyone who lost friends and family during this senseless tragedy? I also want to say thank you to the RCMP officers and all the frontline people, like uh, Heidi Stevenson, who who lost her life responding to this thing. And uh, you know, I don't. I haven't really. I mean, I've been I've been doing some reading about stuff, and I try not to read too much because I don't want to get too sucked down into all of the. Um, the drama with this, and it's just a lot to take on, personally, so, for my own mental health, I've only been taking it on in in pieces, but, from what I can gather, it seems like, uh, this thing is rooted in male fragility, in a lot of ways, and, you know, male fragility is really, it's, it's destroying society, and you see it at the highest level from, you know, (coughs) Trump, Trump, uh, you know, to everyday people that you know when a man feels threatened he becomes a threat to everyone around him and when we feel powerless we resort to violence and often against women uh now look there's nothing wrong with being physically strong i don't think there's anything wrong with that personally and i I believe in knowing how to defend yourself i really advocate for that i'm training my daughters in martial arts Currently, I grew up doing martial arts and I encourage my daughters to work hard, I encourage them to get strong. But I often feel like as a person who also plays sports, when I encounter a lot of toxic masculinity on the basketball court, and I often find that we as men lack compassion, self awareness, and empathy. And you know, sometimes we don't understand that our physical strength, our money, other other like fleeting things that we have to offer are not all that we have to offer. We're more than those things. And when we feel like we aren't and when we only have those things and we start losing some of those things, we start to feel hopeless and then we often revert to whatever advantage we have and try to assert our dominance. And to me, that's got to stop. Uh, your ego does not get to determine who you do and do not have agency over. As long as we keep existing in a society where we reward people for often having to prove their power or having to prove how strong they are and how important they are, we'll continue to send this planet into the shitter. So... Listen to women. Um, Men, get your heads out of your ass. Stop being so sensitive when you're getting called out online. This is the time for us to work together and do better. That's all I really got to say on that. So with love, let's get into the show. Tabitha is lovely. This was recorded before the events of last week. And honestly, I think that's perfectly fine. Because I think it's nice to be able to think about something other than what happened so hope you enjoy welcome to art pays me today we have tabitha and um so i'll give you a little bit of a backstory i first met tabitha and i think it was 2018 during atlantic fashion week and she had this big smile she's full of energy and was introducing herself to people and she just had this really bright energy and was uh very Genuine. And a lot of times, you meet people at these events. You don't know if they're just full of it and trying something or whatever. And but Tabitha's energy was very, very, very sweet. And I also got a sense that Tabitha's, Tabitha's a hustler and Tabitha works. So I want to, I want to know Tabitha. Tell the people what you do. Thank you for the information. <laughs>
1: Um, thank you, Dwayne, for having me. I'm, I feel so honored to be a part of your podcast and. I feel the same about you. Um, I had that same experience when I met you, and um, you're right. It's it's hard to know sometimes when you meet someone. Um, uh, they're you're just a genuine person too. I want to say so. Um, what I do is I I I am um, the founder of Tabitha plus co. Um, And I established a company uh, the end of February, 2018, and I make mindfully made leather accessories. Um, And I'm enjoying what I'm doing currently. And of course, like everyone, I'm finding these times challenging, but also looking for the silver lining in this time of newness. Um, And uh, yeah, so thank you for having me.
0: No problem. So what exactly does mindfully made mean?
1: Well, that's a great question, um, Duane. So um, I, think, I think we have to look at, as crafters or makers or producers, is how are those products made? And um, perhaps you have someone working for you, or um, are they being paid a fair wage? And um, what are the items that are used to make those items or how is that food produced and um i think ensuring that the people that work for us and i work alone uh currently i, I do everything myself but that you respect those individuals you ensure that they're being paid a fair wage and um and part of the process really um, you know, embracing your employees or the people that work for you and making them part of the team um, uh, contributes to a bigger, um, uh, just, yeah, it just validates them and um, a company will flourish uh, when their employees or staff is treated in a kind way. And so, uh, Mindfully Made, I make all the items myself using my hands and machines, and I source to the best of my ability, uh, raw materials that have come from an ethical place. And mind you, that's not easy to do. Um, Peeling back the layers of where you get those items coming through a wholesaler and then trying to find out, you know, where those items were made and in what country. And it's it's really challenging. So transparency is important, but it, it it, it isn't easy, and I'm certainly not there yet. It's, uh, it's a work in uh, progress. Um, but, I, you know, for instance, the zippers that I use are Canadian and Swiss-made, and the thread I use comes from a Canadian company. Um, yeah, so I think, I think just asking those questions is really important today and more so than ever now. Um, uh, given our certain global crisis uh, slowing down and, and really being mindful of the purchases we make and the story behind them.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's, that's great. I, I try to do that too. I don't make my things myself, but as much as possible, uh, I try to source from people like I I use a a factory in Ontario for my t-shirts and they participate in that um, "We Make Your Clothes" campaign, and and I just uh, it's in, it's important to me as well. That but the logistics of it are sometimes something that people often overlook. That uh, mm. um, it's it's not always easy to, to do that. It's it's a lot easier sometimes to do things the other way.
1: That's right. Yeah. 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 No, it's hard. It's 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 peeling back those layers and asking those questions and and hitting. And hitting a wall, and 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 then having to go around to try to find out more answers, and um, yeah, and and I, I can say that uh, you know, hearing that you know you've sourced and ha- and having things made um, in a in a in a comp- in a manufacturing company in Ontario is is great to hear, and um, and asking those questions, and um, this is Earth Month. Mm-hmm. And um, April 22nd is Earth Day and April 20th to the 26th is Fashion Revolution Week, which was established after the collapse of the Raina Plaza in Bangladesh, where over mm-hmm. a thousand factory workers were, were killed and injured. And, um, and so it's that, you know, this is a time and, and I think we should always be asking it for sure. Um, but now, you know, given everything that's happening and, you know, do we really need, you know, it's about buying quality items and, and knowing the makers and the people and the story behind it. And your, your company has a great story and what it's doing as a voice, um, to speak for others. And, um, and so I think, yeah, this is, it's, this is such a time for change, and I hope that we can all take this time to, to look for those silver linings and reflect on our decisions and, and what we're buying and who's making our items. And yeah, so yeah. bravo to you, bravo to you, Dwayne for- Absolutely. For, for...
0: Thank you, Tabitha. Um, so let's take it back a little bit. Where did you grow up?
1: Oh, yes, wow. So um, I grew up in a small community known as Day Spring, uh, which is in Nova Scotia, and it's situated along the Hay River in Lunenburg County. Um, and I still have family there, and I visit there. Uh, well, up until recently, uh, you know, quite often. I I have great, great. I have uh, grandparents and. Uh, uh, sister there and my mom and aunts and uncles so and lots of friends still because I went to school there so that's where I grew up.
0: Okay and you're currently based in Nova Scotia still.
1: I am still in Nova Scotia I am now relocated um, I've moved around quite a bit during that time of uh, since being in my in my home community of Dayspring so through school and work I've moved several times over the course of my life and uh, now I'm recently uh, relocated to the town of Picto, Nova Scotia. And it's interesting because I, I grew up on the So Shore, the province of Nova Scotia. And now I'm located on the North Shore. So Picto is, yeah. So Picto is um, on the North Shore of the Pictou Harbor in Picto County. And there's a little over 3000 people that live in, in the town of Pictou. And uh, it has a really rich history uh, like many, many communities in the province and the Maritimes. Um, it's renowned for the birthplace of New Scotland. Um, and uh, it was here that the first wave of Scottish immigrants came in uh, 1773, I believe, mm-hmm. um, on the ship Hector. And I can actually see the ship Hector from my new home. And my new home was built in the 1800s. So it's new to me, but it has a lot of story and history behind it, which I'm learning. And at one time, it was even um, a shoe cobbler. So it's quite interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that that's interesting. But, yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, Bermuda, I'm from it's often sort of broken up between South Shore and North Shore too. So I, I always that's, find it interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's really neat. Yeah. Well, you'll have to come visit sometime to pick yes. and bring your family and you can come and visit. So come and visit. I would love that.
0: For sure. So when you were a child, did you picture yourself doing like tap and co?
1: Um, this is a good question. Um, I think for simplicity, I can say that, um, I was born in the early seventies. I was born in, in 1970 actually. And, uh, I was provided at that time. I mean, it was, I, I had the freedom to explore outdoors and, uh, with minimal supervision. Um, And, uh, you know, I can remember waking in the morning and in the summer and hearing the birds and I'd haul my rubbers and my mom would still be in bed and I'd be off, gone, you know. And just, um, I think that freedom afforded me the time uh, for my artistic, free-spirited child self to explore in nature and at home, like I was allowed to, you know, be in the kitchen and cook and um, love to draw, which you and I have in common. Um, And, um, you know, making things with my hands. So I always felt that I would be doing something creative um, and using my hands. Uh, I didn't know what that would be, um, but as I grew and into my youth, I knew I wanted to have my own business. Um, I wasn't sure how that would look, but I just knew it was something that it was this drive within me that I, I wanted to have it. And over the years, you know, there were all these experiences that came into my life that I realized now is probably leading me to where I am now.
0: Mm. Yeah. So what do you love most about what you do now? Would you say,
1: um, I, I think it's it's the freedom to be creative um, mm-hmm. and working with my hands and it's 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 a shift certainly because you know I spontaneously left a career that I had where I had a paycheck and um, and early on from school I, I studied design I um, I worked in the industry and manufacturing and, and such. And then I kind of had a family and and uh, left that and, and stayed at home with my children. And um, I uh, went back to work and I just wasn't happy. And I just decided one day, um, you know, I'm, I'm in my late 40s what am I doing this for I'm not happy and I kept trying to weave creativity into what I was doing and it just wasn't it didn't fit it was like so um I made a change and uh yeah here I am <laughs> so
0: uh-huh.
1: um, I'm not, not sure if I really answered that well enough no, but
0: yeah it actually makes sense because like when I met you 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 said you were new to the industry but you also seemed like you had a certain savvy and your stuff was very well made and so it makes sense that you had this sort of previous experience like before doing that
1: yeah I you know go back to the question where you asked me about when I was a child you know and if I had could foresee me doing something like this. You know, I grew up around my, I have my mom's family is a large family and aunts and uncles and all using their hands, fishermen. And, you know, um, uh, my, my grandmother and my great grandmother and aunts, they knit and do, would do like rug hooking and sewing and all those things. And, um, I can remember wanting to to learn it, like just, you know, like a sponge. And I I said, "Will you teach me how to knit?" I was really young at the time. I don't know how old I would have been. And I was handed a, a set of knitting needles, some yarn, and they cast some stitches and sent me on my way. And for the day, I sat on the step, you know, and I can remember I felt so excited. I had made what was look like to me, this giant scarf that would have fit a doll. But to me, it was this amazing thing. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, I had, I can, there was another time I snuck into my mom's bedroom. and She had this beautiful printed, uh, hand printed tunic that was vibrant in color. And I had my eye on it forever. And I don't know what came over me. But one day I just took it and I cut it up and thought I was going to make my own top out of it. So I think there's always these things that just kind of yeah and and I I did go to school and I studied I went to post secondary I never really fit into never seemed to really find you know where I was meant to, I didn't feel like I fit and then I found this program that worked because I could use my hands and I studied design and I was hired by a company um that made uh, uniforms.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: they're still in business today, and and I learned a lot during those six years with them. Um, and um, and it and again, those were skills that kind of led me to where I am. And so I did have those things, but I I put it away when I had a family. As it didn't exist, so my children didn't really know the history of what I had done before I was a mom. They just knew that. Mom could make whatever you brought, like if you brought mom a drawing of something and you want it to be that for Halloween or you needed a costume to play or something, mom could make it. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, and then, you know, uh, so when you met me, yes, I was, it was new, um, but yet I had some of this old experience kind of just laying away in the closet there. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah.
0: So the elephant in the room. How are you holding up during COVID nineteen?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. Um, you know, I'm doing okay, Dwayne, and my family's doing okay. We're healthy. Uh, we're adjusting to this new way of living, um, and and every day I'm I'm looking for that silver lining each day and. I think it's important, you know. Once the shock, you know, uh, wore off a little bit, and you're kind of like, okay, so, you know, um, this is this is it. You know, our our global community is all faced with these challenges, and we just have to now look for the silver lining in each day. Let's not let's not dwell on the things we can't control. What can we control, and what can we do differently going forward? So, as for my company um it's certainly been challenging time you know it's like it is for so many people um and as a craft person um you know i rely on those annual shows that come up in the spring and in the winter in person and now we have to rejig and it's time to you know how do we make that how do we still do those things but in a different way Mm -hmm. and i think there's so many wonderful things that can come from this challenging time and unfortunate time i mean it's it's scary uh but my new hashtag has been fear is a virus let's not mm-hmm. let let's not let the virus make us all afraid let's let's be supportive of one another and t- together we will get through it so mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah i feel you uh i, I think the first week or so, I I was just sort of in a stupor. I didn't know. Paralyzed. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it was like um, you're torn between as a business owner anyway, like I'm as a business owner who's who's doing okay. Like uh, my family's safe. My family's, you know, we're not at financial risk at the moment. So I had this guilt, almost like this survivor's guilt but then also feeling like I should do something, but also I still have a business that I want to grow. And how do I try to sell things to people in a moment when people aren't really (laughs) at, when people are just looking to survive. So there's, there's a lot of things. So it, so as a result, I just felt numb. Like I don't really feel like I can, I, I, to be honest, I, I, and I, I haven't told anyone this, but I was close to just like quitting doing all of this. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I was, It was yeah. like, I don't want to do it. Like it just, I, my motivation was completely gone. Uh, but then, you know, stuff like what you're talking about where you just try to find that silver lining and try to recognize uh, where, where we kind of fit and, and, in helping the world be better, (laughs) then we can, we can do that. And, you know, maybe it might mean pivoting a little bit. Maybe it might mean rethinking how you do things, but yeah, keep doing it.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're still here. I'm glad you didn't stop. Yeah. You know, we'll, it's, we'll all get through it by by you reaching out and, um, and us doing this today is is helping? We're sharing stories, and um, it's all these little things make a difference. And as a whole, together, um, we have to believe that it's it's all going to be okay. And and um, that's we have to have hope. And and I do so, and I believe in what you're doing. And and I'm really grateful to be here. So, and allowing me to share a little bit of my story with everyone yeah thank you
0: so when I met you before correct me if I'm wrong did you mention that you had a mentor that sort of helped guide you along
1: I did yeah so um in in 2017 I left a job and that I, I was not feeling fulfilled anymore and just constantly wanting this creative little spirit to come out that I kept putting the mason jar lid on. And, and, uh, finally one day it just kind of popped and away I went. Um, I had met a gentleman, uh, probably now 10 years ago through a different, just through a mutual friend and he had a successful leather business. Um, very skilled, craft person and he has an interesting story too like everyone does you know we all have a story to share and he was a social worker by trade uh, for the province of ontario he um went uh on a vacation to europe and he ended up retiring and spending two years in copenhagen on a commune and learned the trade of dutch clog making Hmm. and then came back to Canada and decided to move east. He didn't know where he's going to live. And he bought property overlooking Shediac Bay in Guysborough County. And he started making clogs, wooden uh, clogs with an upper leather upper, like a Dutch clog. They're beautiful. And I do have a pair. So, and then, you know, as things evolved, and the more that whole fast fashion and um there was not the need for that type of item and so he evolved and he started making leather bags and accessories um and so when i met him he was doing this and um i was really i've I've always been in my adult years i've always been drawn to leather and um uh, i don't know what it was but i was i just I ended up with my, my friend took me to meet him and I spent the day there. And so then when this thing came that I was just done with the career that I was in and I I really wanted to get back to my, my creative roots, um, I called him and I, and I asked if I could come for visit and, um, I went and He has his own family and but none of them were interested in learning that trade, which is really interesting too in itself, because, you know, a lot of these tradespeople that have these unique um, skill sets, whether it's uh, blacksmith or um, glass making, you know, the the leather making, these individuals are getting older and they have so much experience and um, So I said to him, Paul, would you, his name is Paul Marcella. And I said, would you, and he's in his mid eighties, would you be interested in mentoring me? And, um, he said, yes. And so for 10 months I traveled to his home. I would leave my family and I would stay with him two to three days in that week. And I immersed myself in his world and I would, you know, get up early I like to run. It's when I think, and I would go for my run and he'd be still in bed and he, I would come back and I'd work, I'd go to work in his shop until about 10 and he'd wake up and we'd have coffee or tea together. And then we'd go to work and it wasn't really work. I mean, it's you're immersed in something that you love to do. And I have the background of the industrial machines and pattern making, but working with leather is very different from fabric. And I, I, So there are skills that he's learned over time um, that you just can't learn in a classroom, you know, Um, you need to experience it. And he provided me with this opportunity. And, but when I went looking for support in that as a mentor and a skill and a trade, it's what's unfortunate is that, is that it's not recognized um, as such. And Mm -hmm. so Um, I think this is really missing um, for craftspeople and artists, whether you mentored by an artist or these are skills that can be carried on and passed down. And, and, and we're losing some of that through through losing these individuals um, through age. And yeah, so I, I, I can't like it's, you know, if it wasn't for him, I would honestly, I don't know that I'd be here today. So I owe him a great amount. I certainly could have tried it, but without some of those encouragement, uh, learning some of those unique skills that you might not learn um, in a classroom setting or just the, the value in it, whether it's m- meeting his wholesaler or um, learning how to work with different leathers and, and and materials and little tricks just over time that he's experienced. So Mm. yeah, amazing individual. And I am very grateful for that time with him and we remain friends today. So, and and I think it's exciting for him to see, um, that it's being carried on.
0: Yeah. That one-on-one relationship must be special and yeah, to, to, Sound of see you flourish after all of that would be incredible
1: yeah thanks Dwayne. thank you
0: yeah do do you ever feel like craft just kind of gets overlooked in the creative industry
1: definitely yeah i do i i feel that it's undervalued by many industries um i i don't know so much in the craft industry itself like i think as artists we're all artists right yep. So I think it's more about, um, I just, I feel that they're not, when you think of skilled trades that are, uh, whether it's a carpenter, that's a skilled trade, an electrician, and I have many family members and friends that are part of those trades. This is a trade too, right? Yeah. And so, um, but the same opportunities are there for, for what i do mm-hmm. so i was traveling to paul's and then i thought well there must be something that i can tap into here to help me with the costs of me going here and i'm trying to you know uh, learn a new skill and there really isn't a lot there's a gap you know available for that type of support and um so I, I was shocking, you know, cause it's not recognized. I can't, you know, uh, so I think I, I, you know, I don't want to say that it's undervalued in the, in the craft industry or I, but I do feel that it's undervalued in the creative industry. I do feel in general as an industry we're undervalued.
0: Mm, okay.
1: How did, right. I feel, and I, you know, um, you know, you have to look at, whether it's um, a shoe cobbler, think of that like a you know, these are these are these are important skills that I think we're gonna see needed in the coming years due to what we're currently experiencing. Yeah. Right. We we are so used to going out and buying that pair of shoes when the other ones wear out, but what's wrong with the shoe cobbler that could fix those shoes and um Or, you know, uh, you break that favorite mug, but there is a potter that's in your community or town or city that, that makes those items that you can go buy and know that it was made in your community by someone that, you know, And, and instead of going off to that big box store and buying something that you have no idea what that individual might've went through, that was part of that process to make it. So I feel we're undervalued in the creative industry
0: as a whole. Mm. Good point, good point. Mm -hmm. So with that said, do you ever, I don't know how how your business is structured, do you sell uh, exclusively in person at markets? Do you have wholesale partners? Do you sell through your website? How does that work for you?
1: Yeah, no, that's really good question. So, And you might have to help me stay on on point here. But um, um, so predominantly right up until this current situation that we're in, the majority of my sales was 95% in person. So Mm -hmm. this is certainly challenging time for me. And even though I feel I've worked really hard at setting a solid foundation, trying to do everything right in building my company, um, so I have an amazing website that was um, uh, that I, I I looked at different companies and I found a company along the So Shore which I didn't know of and, until I went looking. It's called Sky Sail Brand,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, um, they've worked with me to help me with my website. And over time, I found different um, individuals that have gifts such as a photographer and, and such to help with that. But having people buy through your a website is it's it's work it takes work to do those things and uh, so predominantly right now up until this point it was in person sales and so um now it's time to pivot and and look at how how if someone's interested in a product they can reach me in other ways and um <clears throat> So I'm open to doing um, bespoke items and working with individuals and collaborating on making an item together, um, or or things like that. So you know, reaching out to me through the website and um, direct messaging me through some of the social media platforms and and um, but yeah, certainly up until this point, it's it's been. Um, it's been in person. And so now we all have to kind of pivot and figure out how we are going to, um, the people that like our products and, and wish to, to treat themselves to, to an item. Um, how can they find us easily? Because we might not be at that local market or we might not be at that summer show in the park, um, this time. And, uh, so how is that going to look for look going forward and for wholesale? Um, no, I, at this time I, I don't have any wholesale contracts. Um, but I am a member of craft Nova Scotia, Mm -hmm. which is part of the, the Canadian craft Federation, and they have a store, um, a designer craft shop located at Pier 21. And my goal for this year was to get some of my items in there. Um, but obviously that's not going to happen right now, but they are very good to help as a craft member. Um, they do help promote, um, the different, uh, individuals that are members. And I'm also a member of craft PEI and craft New Brunswick. So, which falls under the, uh, the Canadian craft federation. So, but I, I do not wholesale, Oh, now I can't remember if that's answered all of your questions there, Dwayne, so you can ask me others if I didn't answer them.
0: No, you did. You did. Uh, wholesale is always an interesting thing. It's something I've gone back and forth about whether I want to do it or not. And yeah. I actually decided this year that I was going to pursue it um, more seriously, and so I think I might have caused uh, all of this stuff to happen because no, no one's really... <laughs>
1: Well, you know, it's it is it's interesting that you bring this up, and I was going to ask you that um, if you were um, as a business owner. So it's what I'm realizing though is um, it's okay to do a little bit of both. Exactly. You don't have to pick one over the other, and you have to find. I think it's important too to find you. You're going to wholesale with with um, an organization, company, or however that looks. It, do they align with your values and does it fit Yeah. and, and it's okay. You know, if someone is wondering this, it's okay, you know, to think about it and park it and, and mm-hmm. make sure that it feels right. Um, and I, I haven't found that right fit yet. So yeah. initially I was, Oh gee, you know, I've got, I've got these, this interested, um, party and i'm like oh you know and you feel like when i gotta make this decision and but wait yeah you're driving this bus and you get to put the brakes on and say i think i'm just going to park this for now and really think about it and figure out if it feels right yeah right um so um it's okay but it is a different it's different and um i'm proud of you that you found the right fit and you didn't start this and it will, this engine will, you know, start up again and, uh, and it will be okay, Dwayne. But yeah, it is definitely, it's, you're taking a different step and uh, it's trying to figure out, you know, is how will this work? And it may not, but you know, you tried it then, right?
0: Yeah. So like for me, I, I've always sort of taken that hybrid approach. Like I, I do have a small com um, wholesale contract and then I have a, Um, It's a company in Bermuda that was wholesaling from me recently. And then I had make new that I was doing consignment with and then selling through my website and then selling in person. And I always found selling in person was my kind of my best as well. Uh, Mm. It's it's just harder for me to to get the opportunities to sell in person. But um, yeah, it's, I agree. And the fact that, you know, well, we're kind of all now left in this situation where we have to be our own retailers and take more control over the space. So like we were saying before about a silver lining, this is almost forcing us now to really think about how to take, take back that control and, and dictate what direction our businesses go in. So, but well, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think being the face of your brand is so important. And, and you are such an authentic, kind person. So I can see why when you visit or it does make a difference because they're getting to know the person behind
0: the product.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And so now it's, now we have to, as um, a global community and whether it's the creative industry, how, how, do, how do we now still be the face but in a different way to reach those individuals that are curious or want to know more about what we do. Um, and I think that you having the, um, the foresight in what you're doing with podcasts is, is wonderful because this is the way to reach an audience and share stories and it might not be a physical face, but it's a voice and um, I think th- that's important too. So, um, I'm, and I'm willing to share whatever I can to help others, um, which I'm grateful for you to have me here. As I've already said, uh, I think that you know, you just have to, to believe in yourself and, mm-hmm. uh, and take that leap of faith and just know that it'll be okay and that mistakes will happen, and, but you just kind of roll with it. And
0: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: So, speaking of people getting like to know your brand and stuff, you've picked up some pretty incredible yeah. media coverage. Yeah, we were in British folk and British PQ. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. It's a little crazy, right?
0: Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, how? Right. What, what did that feel like?
1: Um, well, it's really – okay, so I have to say – so, from from your perspective, I, I'm not sure where how you your lens how you see it. But for me, I haven't really had time to process it. Mm. I'm still kind of processing it, but I'm I'm working so hard at building my company and the brand that I haven't had time to digest and really think about it. And because I'm living it, it's not maybe it's not. I'm not seeing it from the same perspective as others. So I'm grateful and it is pretty neat when you sit down and you really think about it because as a, as someone in my youth, my first job that I had, uh, I was one of my things I treat myself to when I had my paycheck was a Vogue magazine.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, And for years I kept them, you know, in my moving around and, and then they're gone now. And I, I kept one and, um, cause over the years we moved so much, but, um, kind of, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is pretty neat and I'm, I'm grateful for it, but I, I also haven't had time to process it. And, and I, I think so for anyone out there wondering, Uh, this is one of the positive things and takeaways from social media. And I know that there can be lots of negatives, but if you look at it as a tool in a beneficial way, this is it. So that's how this came about um, in a simple answer. So, you know, I do all the social media and I do, um, when it comes to um, the graphics, when I promote, when I promote that I'm in a magazine, um, it's, I've hired uh, the company SkySail brand in Mohon Bay, Nova Scotia, to help with that. But as far as the social media every day and the, the, the tweets or the Instagram posts, and the, it's me. And so I really, this is a tool that we can all use and it, we can also use it for good. Um, and that's how I was noticed.
0: Oh, wow, that's cool.
1: It was the Instagram. So that's how they found me. I asked that question because I got an email back in um, December or November, actually. I think it was early November. And I'm, I'm getting a lot of the, like emails and inquiries. And I thought, oh, this is, this is probably not even real. And I just kind of left the email. And then I read it and took a little more time. And I felt butterflies in my stomach because I... <laughs> Is this is real, and and now how do I how do I respond to this message? So the first thing I wanted to know was how did you find me, and um, and it was uh, it was through Instagram. So wow. <laughs> so for business owners out there, it re- social media really does work. Yeah, and, and now I think uh, more than ever, we're all home. And some of us have our days filled with commitments and priorities, but, but some of us have time to do things we hadn't had time to do before. And one of them is, is being on online. And uh, so it is a way to communicate with others and to show what you do.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's cool. Like, cause yeah, every now and then, you know, I kind of built my, This is sort of the second iteration of my business, I'd say. And i say I sort of built the second iteration of it on social media. And every now and then you question if it's worth it. And then something like that will happen. that you're like, oh, this is why I do it. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it does everyone out there. It does work. (laughs) Uh, It does work. Yeah.
0: But you know what? I think you're doing the right thing about sort of – I know people say you should celebrate the wins. And and I'm a believer in that too. But I remember the first time I got covered in a newspaper or magazine or something. And then I was so proud of myself that I just sort of relaxed and stopped, stopped doing what I had to do. And then you're like, you, you know, you got but you have to keep that momentum going. Like it's almost like when you get that attention, you got to now do more work to build up off of whatever energy you might've gotten from it. You can't really relax. So
1: No. And that's that. Yeah. So it's trying to figure out a balance. Right. And um, it, it is a time to celebrate, but it's also, I think too, is we have followers that follow what we're doing and you have individuals that believe in what you're doing and following. So when we celebrate, how can we also give back to the individuals that have lifted us up this whole time? And you know, I, I had this idea to make bags, mm-hmm. but I honestly, this wouldn't exist if I didn't have people believing in it and people purchasing the bags because they believe in the story and me and what I'm doing. Yep. So, so I'm really grateful for that because everyone can have a great idea. But if no one's, if no one's uh, supporting you and, and purchasing those items because they believe in you, um, well, it, it's not going to work. And so, so in celebrating these things, that was one of the things for me. I want to celebrate it, but how do I give back um, to the individuals that have supported me along the way. And so in the celebration of these, these additions, I've the only way I know how right now I'm still working through it is t- to give a bag away. Mm. You know? So that's what I've been doing. And, um, and uh, now it's trying to figure out, okay. So you have all these individuals that are, putting themselves out there every day to protect us so we can be at home, which, you know, really like, let's face it, how hard can it be? We're at home. Like we're with the people we love in our comfort place. It's amazing. And Mm -hmm. then we have individuals that are going to work every day to ensure that we stay safe. So how do I now pivot Dwayne and do something good for others so that they feel good and, and are validated in what they're doing. So I'm working through that process and, um, still trying to figure that out. But I can say that I'm so grateful for, for all the support I've had leading up to where I am now. And, and it's, you know, no matter where this road goes, this journey, and for me in this adventure, it's really important that I give back somehow to the people that supported me along the way. Yeah, some yeah. very thing.
0: Cool. So, if there is any piece of advice you would give an artist or craft person who are looking to. Oh, follow their their dream like you kinda did. What what would it be?
1: Yeah, well, if it feels right in the bottom of your belly, you know, in the core, really feels right and it's your passion. Um it's really meant to be. So don't let the noise and the static and all the naysayers and you know that just go for it. I mean, really, what do you have to lose? Mm. What? It doesn't work? Okay, so then you can go get a job somewhere or try it because do we want to look back and say, I should have done that or, you know, I don't, that's where I was. I just, you have to believe in yourself and what's the worst that can happen? It just, you know, it doesn't work. So, okay, it didn't work, but you can always find something else. And so go for it is what I say. And, um, and listen to the tribe of people that will lift you up and believe in you. And, and just ignore the other things, the other noise, because there will always be people that try to, to um, snuff out that fire in your belly, but they're not the people you're meant to surround yourself with. And, um, and just be with that tribe and believe in yourself and go for it is what I say. You know, that's what I did. I jumped in and here yeah. I am. I'm still here, <laughs> um, I don't know where it's gonna take me, um, but you just have to be open to the possibilities and to change, right? And we're at a time of change. So it's scary for all of us, but together we're all gonna get through this and it's gonna be okay. It really is. I mean, we just have to be open to change though, because it's not gonna necessarily be the way it was before, but change is good and that's and it's okay. We're gonna be okay. I love yes. that. <laughs>
0: you know what? I'm also gonna jump on to that part of the um uh the the people who might try to start, like smash out your fire or whatever a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs>
0: It's, it's a tough one. It, and sometimes they do it meaning well, that's the other, that's where I find I have a difficult time with it because sometimes mm-hmm. they, they mean well and they're doing it because they want to protect you from the failure. And, right. you know, but, but, but if you're not happy, you're not happy. You know?
1: Yeah. You're not, that's it. And so, Think of all the wonderful things that have come from failures. You have to try something and, and it may not work the first time, but, but then you, you learn from that and you look at what you can do differently to make it work the next time. And um, look, we're all resourceful and resilient and you just you know just don't let fear hold you back. It's fear that holds us back. Mm-hmm. and and um and yeah and you're right the people that sometimes will question the decision is it's not because they don't want you to succeed it's because they're concerned you know for the outcome and and you being hurt or um but it's really about allowing just yeah spread those wings and and go for it and um yeah, it just doesn't work. Something else will come along. It's kind of my philosophy. And uh, you just, you know, um, try not to let that little negative seed set into your belly and, and uh, yeah, and go for it. And look at you, you're flying, like, great brand. Art pays me. I love it. And, um, and, yeah, and we're all supporting each other as a as a creative community, which is beautiful. So.
0: Well, thank you, Tabitha. I'm just trying to be like you. It's all.
1: Good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, where can people find you online?
1: Um, so I have a website. Uh, it's tabithaco.ca. And on there, you have links that you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest and LinkedIn. And the handle is, uh, Tabitha Company, T-A-B-I-T-H-A. Um, and I would love for everyone to follow along on my journey and, um, you can direct message me if you have questions and, you know, over the next little while, I'm going to try to be stepping outside the box a little bit and doing things a little differently. So I would love for you to join in on Instagram or Facebook and, um, and see what I'm up to. And, um, and who knows, like, you just have to be, you know, I don't want to say sky's the limit, but because it's really not. Um, and, uh, you know, and if it feels right, you know, you just continue to follow along and, um, and I'll follow you back.
0: All right. Thank you very much for doing art pays me.
1: I love art pays me. Thank you, Duane, for being a bright light.
0: (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Art Pays Me podcast. Thank you to Langey Beats for the theme music. If you got anything out of this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. The more you do this, the more reach the podcast gets, and the more artists I can help learn to make a living at what they love. If you want to know more about what I do, hit me up at artpaysme.com or at Art Pays Me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. See y'all next time.